Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Oi, oi, lad, mates. Sorry. No, that's good. Oi, lad, mates. Three lines coming home, etc. Yeah. You're not wearing your Crusader outfit, which I'm a bit disappointed by. Got a new plan. Do you only wear on match days? I'm going to... Oh, I've got a new World Cup. I've restocked my World Cup T-shirts recently. Oh, and yeah. uh, I, I'm wearing a World Cup Willy one. Oh, World Cup Willy. Nice. 1966 one today. So and, um, but for Sunday, I am planning, but mm-hmm. I'm still looking on Amazon. For, I'm trying to find the right price. Yeah. Um, but because I've already had Crusader... For the last few games, I'm thinking, well, we're in the final now, so I've got yeah. to up it. So I'm thinking the Queen. Shit. So last night I found myself Googling um, Queen fancy dress outfits. Found one on Amazon for 30 bit more than I was willing to spend, because I think this is a, a one-way purchase, Jesus. most likely. You're going to dress um, as the Queen? Dress as the Queen. You, it's quite good. If you look at it, you get a wig, a hat, mm. you get a sash, and, you know, she, like, she wears sorts of suits, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Like, with a jacket and a skirt. And you even get a handbag. So, it is, you know, it's a decent amount of now, produce for £30. Fucking 30 quid. To go. Have you run this by your family yet? Or are you just going to surprise oh, no, them? Oh, no, it'll it? be a surprise for them. A lovely surprise. It will be, won't it? Very mm. much a surprise, yeah. Right. We were thinking about how Look. to up the stakes. I was with my pals last night watching it. And um, we're like, well, where are we going to watch the final? I mean, you know, this is a massive deal. I mean, time gone by, you'd be in a fucking second round game in a World Cup when you're younger and you'd all be like, oh, where are we watching it? Where are we all getting together? Let's go out there. Whereas now, I don't know whether (laughs) culturally things are different or whether it's more likely that we're just old men. Because now it's all like, oh, uh, do you want to watch the final? Uh, Or at your house? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And I said, but then we said, well, it feels like we should do something special. I don't think we're going to get tickets for the game. Um, So in the end, it kind of elevated and elevated to someone saying we should watch it outside Buckingham Palace, which I think would be good. Well, they've got a big screen back there, have they? Are they putting a big screen on? I'm assuming they will. Yeah, they should do. And then I said, well, (laughs) if we win, I think what we do is... I can drive, because I'm always the designated driver. If we win, of course, yeah. we immediately drive to Dover. Yeah? Yeah, to the White Cliffs, And assemble yeah. on the White Cliffs. Mm-hmm. Dressed as the Queen, a Crusader, or whatever feels right, Blobby, something else. Rod Holland emu. And right. um, just have it have it large on the White Cliffs of Dover. I think that feels like the appropriate response to a potential okay. England victory. I would th- what you should do, Sam, you should hire a minibus... Mm. 
in and advance take people to Dover. and take as many people as you can fit in. Obviously, COVID secure because uh, watching the semi-final itself with 68,000 fans in, obviously that was all COVID secure, I assume. Was, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. If, I, I, am I wrong? Have the rules just f- fucking gone out the window now? I have Were there no any protocols? idea. I have long since made a decision that I think probably most people have. I don't know why I'm dressing up as sounding sort of distinctive or profound. I just like we've got our own rules as a family that we try to <laughs> yeah. live by. You know, yeah. with regards to COVID safety, and that's all you can yeah, do. Just di- yeah. Yeah, it just seems like it's a free there's, for all there's, that. there's no leadership. I mean, you might as well be living in fucking Greece, mate. Mm. <laughs> uh, sorry, that Whatever was really that racist. I, I have no idea what the leadership situation in Greece is like. It might be but better than here. What, what, yeah, almost certainly. The point <laughs> is, is that there is like there is no fucking rhyme or reason to any of the shit that's being said or done with regards to COVID anymore. I get the strong sense Boris Johnson is the sort of a bloke who's got quite a short attention span. I I wouldn't yeah. judge him usually for that, were he not prime minister, because I've got a short attention span, right? Mm. And so, I, but you know, like the tagline to the famous film Demolition Man says, Andy, sometimes to catch a maniac, you have to send a maniac. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I'd be so, good at catching Boris Johnson because I know how his mind works. He's got a bit of a grasshopper brain, right? And he yeah. is just gone. Do you know what? Fuck this. Open oh, it all up. He's got of it, hasn't he? Yeah, he's bored Open of it, it up. And they go, but, 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 cases are on the rise. He's yeah. like, fuck, I've had, do you know what? I've had it up to my fucking balls with all this cases are on the rise shit. Open everything up. Everyone's been jabbed twice now, I think. Yeah, probably. So just, just fucking get on with it. And you then know, they go, but the variants, take your variants and shove them up your ass. I've had two. Have you had two jabs? I've had two jabs. Have you? Had and two, I've had the everyone, fucking. Everyone's uh, in it, this it, room's it, had it, two he's, jabs. He's like, I've even had the COVID, and I'm all right. I fucking had it. So, like, I'm know. still standing. So do you know what? Stop giving me all this fucking variant bollocks, right? Open it. Open the shops. Open the buses. Open fucking Wembley. The yeah, lot. England's in the final. Everybody wants to go to that. If you can't get a ticket, hang around outside. Hang around outside Buckingham Palace. We're putting a big screen up. Yeah, fucking fan get them all up to fucking Dover. Um, apparently, that bloke Sam Delaney, the podcaster from the podcast, he's arranging a coach that goes directly from Buckingham Palace to the White Cliffs of Dover. It's called Sam Delaney's Three Lions, Three <laughs> Lions Dover Coach. Right, <laughs> he, he is charging, but I, I believe he's charging a very fair price. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. I just watched that crowd last night, and I just thought we're recording this on Thursday afternoon because it's a it's a reaction to the semi final as well as a preview mm. of the final coming up on Sunday. Yeah, I just watched that crowd, and I just thought, "Fuck me, what what? what? I, have, have all these people been tested before they've gone? Is this one of those government approved experiment things, or is it just just He's come just on gone. in?" Let them all in. They've got Prime Minister. There is a, as you can imagine, there has been a surge in demand for tickets to watch the association football match at Wembley tonight. Oh yes, yes. Um, because we are in something called the semi, the semi-final. <laughs> we, uh, some of the humans wish to watch, watch it. <laughs> well, it is in breach of, and he's going. Do you know what? Let me stop you there. Let them all fucking in. Yeah. But, 
let the market let decide. Oh, fucking! Let the market in. decide. Let it's the market, free market decide. That's how it works. Let the virus decide. Yeah, yeah. Let the virus decide who it wants to attack and kill. Yeah. We, we, we've vaccinated everybody. What more can we do? <laughs> I don't know. Fuck um, me. Um, but at least if I am at you know, Dover dressed as the Queen, as is my current yeah. plan, I will be outdoors, which will make it... It's less infectious in that kind of environment, especially mm. in the sea air. There'll be a lot of sea breeze, you know. Yeah. I think the salt in the sea air acts yeah. as a, a deterrent in the gates to the, the virus. virus. Mm. I think we've spoken at length about salt before. Um, mm. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So... It's the final on Sunday. It feels weird. It's uncharted territory. England in a final. It's it's weird. I don't know I how to approach is, it. I suppose I always thought in the past when we got close that it would feel so dramatic and exciting and outrageous because it would mm. feel like you watch tournaments and you see the big, traditionally successful, glamorous teams, your Germany's, Brazil's and Italy's and all this lot. And you think they're the ones who are allowed. They're the ones who get to finals. They always get to the finals. Yeah. And we occasionally get to a semi-final and we feel, oh, cheeky. It feels like you've gate-crashed a party. Yeah, we know right. we're not going to get there, but we'll have a good time. It you feels, know, when you get, when, they, when occasionally England do it, it feels like we've slipped in through the back door with no one mm. noticing. You know, like when you go, if you see a wedding party or, or something fancy and you, you kind of go in and make use of the free bar until such a mm. time you get spotted and chucked out and it feels fun and that's what England going on these sort of adventures in tournaments has felt like in the past but now we've and that's we always felt that would be the ultimate if we got to find it would feel the ultimate kind of gate crashing oi oi look who's turned mm. up it's us England didn't see that coming did you but in <laughs> fact what we've done <laughs> don't worry we won't be here long yeah. Hey. Just sticking our nose around the door. This one in the script, was it, cunts? <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's what it felt like, or what we imagined it would feel like to get to a final. I don't feel like that today. Yeah. Because we have arrived in the final as the result of, I would say, being one of the best two teams in the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it feels like. It feels that we've arrived there that over the course of the tournament as a whole, you know, some performances yeah. have been better than others, but we haven't had a goal scored against us in open play. We put in some Until, really performances. I would say in Sterling, you've got sorry. arguably the player of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And you sort of think, it's, that's what's weird, is that we're there, but no one ever expected us to feel that we would be there on merit. Do you know what I mean? That's that, Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, I've famously said on this podcast, I can't get into the whole fucking... Mm. England supporting thing. I just, I just mm. haven't for for decades, and I can't do it. I'm not going to pretend to do it now. But mm. England have been fucking brilliant. Southgate mm. has got it right every single time. The, mm. the Scotland game was a wobble, but Scotland came and tried to do a job, and they did that job. But since then, England have found a way. Not many teams to, have to play a derby of that intensity in a tour in an international tournament. So. It was a bit of a curveball. Uh, yeah, and at the them. end of the day, it's a group game. You don't always win all three of your group games, so yeah. that's fine. And uh, it, absolute hats off to them. Mm. He's fucking like talking about making the right decisions. He brought Grealish on mm. for a bit of flair and a bit of, uh, let's say, a free kick winning perhaps. And then mm. when he needed a bit more solidity, the back took the cut off again. I love that. 
I love that yeah, because that is proper off. managing. That's what an yeah. Italian manager would do, for sure. Mm. An Italian manager would do it. And what's more, I don't think an Italian player or fan would necessarily think that was a big deal. I think it's surprising that it's not more of a thing. Anyway, you bring players in for a particular moment in a game. When that moment mm. has passed, they, you, they come off again, if necessary. It, it, when he did it, I just sort of thought, oh, that seems so obvious. And there seems to be this sort of... Um, there's a sort of a, a, a kind of a silly old-fashioned principle applied to it. Like, you don't do that. It's the ultimate insult. No, yeah. it's, the ultimate, it's the ultimate disrespect. But you think, well, why? You know, rolling subs make a make a lot of fucking sense in yeah. that situation. Yeah, it was the right thing to do. Game. I totally. think Greenish yeah. will probably see it that way because I think Southgate's got everyone's respect, hasn't he, in the squad? Fucking completely, completely. But that's the thing. In, in olden times... Um, you'd hear about cliques from various mm. clubs sticking together within the England squad, yeah. or you'd have the Northern club players together against maybe it's like the Arsenal and Chelsea players. You yeah, know, that doesn't look like there's any of that at all. These lads, well, are you know what? In the days when Teddy Sheringham would turn up at Burnham yeah, Beaches yeah. in a Ferrari with some hey! pastry girls in the back, oh, yeah. I can't. None for you. All three of these Dorises are for yours yeah. truly. Yeah, and then Living up like some of them boring nights in the hotel when you fucking yeah. mugs are playing ping pong downstairs. Old Teddy boy here is going to have is going to be balls deep in all of these. Yeah, and you got like, the northern lads like Nicky Butt and Paul Scholes just like flicking marbles against a wall or something like that yeah. for their entertainment because yeah. it's just different cultures. But um, you got yeah, Graham Lasso be... sat there fucking uh, reading his uh, Guardian, yeah, you know, doing his crossword. No, I think they're all Guardian readers now. Yeah. It, it, it's and a more power to their elbow for it. Smart, switched on group of lads. Yeah. And um, it, it, it's, it's fucking Why great. do you think that changed, Andy? Just, it's quite interesting because everyone's been saying this is a really great bunch of lads. And even mm. the one, there were certain lads in that squad that I already liked. I mean, I love Declan Rice as if he is my own offspring, right? Obviously. Yeah. I've always liked Sterling. Rashford's clearly shown himself to be a great guy in recent years. But, you know, Harry Kane, West Ham fans, you know, don't really like any Tottenham players. It's particularly Harry Kane gets a lot of... I've really warmed to Harry Kane as a person, right? Because he seems like a good guy. Seems like a good guy with his rainbow armband. I think footballers now, footballers in the past had a bad reputation of being thick greedy idiots which mm. wasn't necessarily true but i think they've 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 you know developed in recent times they're a lot smarter they're a lot more switched on you know but they've had the, the top level they've had like media training and stuff like that you know when they, they get interviewed and stuff it's true media, they've had training. media training but i think the, one of the worst periods for footballers reputations was that so-called golden what they call golden generation right so if you look at barden barden 2006 mm. That was like a real nadir for the sort of reputation of, of footballers, right? Mm. And they were all like, there was all sorts of constant mad stories in the papers and also the rumours that used to go round as well that I used to hear sometimes about what they all got up to. You just sort of thought, these people are imbecilic and entitled, right? Yeah. And I didn't, sometimes I sympathised with them because I thought, you know, these, these, these people are like incubated from like, sometimes as young as eight, right? Mm. And they haven't led lives. They have been pampered and indulged 
right? They haven't perhaps received the same sort of education as some as a lot of us do, right? And they've turned out in a it, you know it is a weird way to to grow up, and and therefore you you have to in some ways even if they are acting a bit cunty, they're still only in their twenties. You got to almost sympathise with them, right? And yeah. a lot of them we've seen actually have grown up like some of the lads, you know. People like Lampard and Ferdinand used to get scandalised all the time. Uh, Kieran Dyer did too in the same generation. You know, Rio, I mean, we take piss out of Frank, obviously, right? But, like, Rio, really smart, likeable guy, I think, on, on TV. You know, very intelligent, mm. articulate, understands the game, seems nice, has, you know, done all those documentaries about raising his kids after their mum died. Uh, Kieran Dyer wrote an incredible, like an, a heartbreaking book about the abuse he suffered in childhood. Yeah. Now that affected him when he became a young adult, and it was only towards the end of his career when he started like confronting that. And then he start to understand all the different factors that have affect that affected these young guys, right? Yeah. What what I'm interested in is how it doesn't to us to feel that long ago that 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 generation, the Beckham and Owen and all that lot, were operate were operational. Right, what yeah. these guys—they've been just as indulged and pampered from an early age, and yet somehow they've all got this social conscious. And when you're that rich, you don't actually need to, for PR reasons, be fucked about doing that stuff. You're yeah, only doing it because you want to do it. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So that's I don't know what I, I, I touched I, on. I touched on media training, but it's not just media training. It's as it has been an entire cultural shift over the last 10, yeah. 15 years. And it's, it probably all began, let's face it, with Arsene Wenger bringing Pasta in when he did <laughs> yeah. at and Arsenal. But that, and Broccoli. That, and uh, that, that's probably what kicked it all off. But yeah, I don't, know, I don't know what it is, but I mean, players, they respond to the examples of others and of their peers and all that kind of mm. thing. And let's say there's just been this gradual cultural shift. And if these players have been working under Gareth Southgate for, what, four years now? Mm. And Southgate being the kind of fella that he is, um, an intelligent, thoughtful kind of fella, mm. let's assume probably left-leaning politically. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, Certainly progressive. That, all of that. It's progressive. Certainly has progressive instincts, yeah. Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. I saw a good quote from him in an interview earlier in the day when he was... Uh, talking about not bowing to public pressure and public opinion in terms of team selection and tactics and that. And he says, well, that you can't, you can't listen to that kind of thing because at the end of the day, the government get elected on only 30, 38% of the vote. So it doesn't yeah. make any sense to listen to public opinion because it isn't necessarily the over, overwhelming kind of opinion opinion. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. There's, there's definitely been a cultural shift and I'm all for it. I'm bang up for it. Um, it's, it's great because we live in kind of a time of um, a lot of sort of uh, social conflict, cultural conflict, the culture wars, as people call them. And I was thinking about it this morning. I was thinking it is quite ugly sometimes. And it's why, you know, I know yeah. you sort of steer much more clear of Twitter for that reason nowadays. And a lot of people just say, oh, God, it's just so horrible that the arguments that go on. And, and I was thinking, but ultimately... There is always going to be conflict and disruption at times of great change. And I think this generation, mm. not our generation, a younger generation represented by these players, they are bringing about change. They want to bring about change. And as a result of that, there is going to be friction because there will mm. always be a group in society who are so terrified of change that they run around, your Lawrence Foxes or whoever it is, run around angrily telling everyone about how nothing needs changing because everything's fine. Mm. But the nature of history and society means that there is only ever one winner, right? The forces yeah. of progressive change will always triumph. They will always prevail. Unfortunately, when you're going through it, it's like there is going to, you know, you've got to have trauma before you can heal and, and get and, you know, flourish. And th at the moment, there is a lot of that flying about and we saw that in Brexit and everything like yeah. that but ultimately these young people that you know your Raheem Sterlings or whatever represent they will win they will win yeah. and the and then the people like us who were caught in the middle like people who are not of their generation but neither of we have you know that much older generation who are fucking petrified of anything changing right yeah. There's just there's two sets of us. There's a there's the ones who are to and go. I don't know why these people are going on about there being uh, uh, new genders or or gay people or different races or just us having sympathy with people who are unfortunate. I don't know why they say that. We've got this far without worrying about any of those things. So why should we have to worry about them now? It's just putting pressure on me. So you can either respond like that or you can think. Well, maybe they're right. It would probably be better for us to try and make things better tomorrow than they were yesterday I why not give it a well. go I think what's good as well I mean I, I'm not saying for a minute that the social conscience that these players these days have got is disingenuous because I don't think it is I think they're all genuine no. about it but they've they've kind of been provoked into it almost by those mm. reactionary people that get amplified mm. in the media like your Lawrence Foxes like uh, like fucking Piers fucking Morgan like mm. um, uh, fucking actual government ministers and MPs who mm. came out against stuff like taking the knee and things like that. <laughs> They've almost been 
not not told to, but they've, they've been given an opportunity to they decide which side they're you, on. They were forced into picking a side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And which side are you going to pick? You're not going to fucking pick the side of the reactionary cunts, are you? And yeah. they haven't done that. Do you want to pick and Team that, Cunt? That just makes it all... Or do you want to, it's like someone said, yeah. do you want to pick Team Cunt or Team Progress? Mm. You know? Exactly. And like you said, um, progressive forces generally always prevail. They, they will but, prevail, but there will be mess in the process. And at the moment, we're seeing some of that mess, and hopefully it won't go on or get worse. But, you, you know, the arguments and the dialogue you see it is nasty sometimes, and it discourages you. I mean, it discourages me from commenting on stuff yeah. on Twitter and things because you think, what's the point? Because people overreact and they and they mm-hmm. and it, and everyone, no one's interested in a discussion or seeing things from other people, understanding things from anyone else's perspective. Yeah, yeah. They just yeah. want to leap on you, and and it's yeah. not just. By the way, I don't even think it's to do with left and right politics because I think you actually got you got. Uh, funnily enough, I think you have some progressive people who might be right of centre, and similarly, you've got some pretty fucking stubborn people who are actually quite conservative in their values on the left on of centre. Yeah. So I think that's it. I don't think it's political. You know, I think there's... I mean, if you want to look at people who just, like, aren't interested in fucking discussion or understanding other perspectives, look no further than, the, you know, a lot of the people on the left right now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. The, the point is, is that any disagreement is leapt on and made in something personal and mean and nasty so quickly... Gareth Southgate and that team have managed to show a huge amount of um, of dignity in the way that they've done all of this as well because they mm. haven't been dragged into an ugly row. They haven't responded to the mean provocations that they had, especially at the beginning for taking the knee. They haven't got angry or lost their rag. Do you know what they've done? They just made their position clear. They didn't sound preachy or judgy, in my opinion, and then they just rose above all the noise. They said, this is what we're going to do. Take it or leave mm. it, cunts. You know well, that mean? was it. I mean, Southgate put a statement out, I think, uh, with the whole take of the knee thing and said, we're not taking the knee. We're not Marxists. We're not supporting <laughs> any kind of left yeah. agenda. It's purely an anti-racist thing. And that's not yeah. political party leaning. That's just, that's a human rights thing. Mm. And that was that was the end of the conversation, but it still fucking dribbled on for a few days. And you've got people like, you've got Tory MPs who are saying they're not going to watch any of the England games because of that. And you've had people who've made statements earlier on at the start of the tournament who are now look like fucking complete idiots yeah. because they picked that side. They picked that side. And Those even people, if the England team doesn't win on... If they don't win on Sunday night, it's still... It's still an amazing huge, thing. Huge strides have been made. Huge strides uh, at the most important moment. I saw a documentary once about um, France, about the 98 World Cup and the story of mm. the team who won the World Cup. And it was France. It was the most sort of multiracial yeah. team because yeah. not you know obviously there'd been a lot of black players in the French team for years before that, but this was particularly to do with the amount of like African, particularly North African immigration into France at the time, and how that had caused a lot of division and yeah. debate and an argument in society. And yet that team, not least Zidane, who I believe was like of Algerian yeah, heritage, Algerian, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Right. And um, I can't remember Djorkaev, and uh, yeah, and mm. the, it was a very, very multicultural team, and there was some cynicism about that going into the tournament. And they won not because they were not only because they were obviously a very talented, gifted group.
group of players, but also there was a real unity to it and it sort of presented a new face of what French society could be, a positive face of what uh, uh, yeah. uh, French society could be. And they said, you know, the, the documentary I saw, maybe they were just reaching for a thesis, but they, they, you know, said this was a big thing. This wasn't just sport. This made a big difference and was a big step forward, as you've said, for French mm-hmm. society. And I think, yeah, this is, you know, this has been a pretty, uh, at times, quite an ugly, nasty place, this country, for the last few years. And I know mm. we're talking about England here and not the UK as a whole. So, you know, sue me. But in- England in particular has been fucking split, mm-hmm. you know? I'm just thinking about that thing about um, social media and everything and, and not getting involved in contentious mm. opinion-based stuff anymore. It's 10 years this weekend since I helped shut down the news of the world. Did you know I did that? No. How did you do that? It was me and a, a writer um, who I knew on Twitter who started the um, the advertiser boycott thing on Twitter, which snowballed and eventually led to them shutting down the news of the world. This was the, a day after it had been revealed that the news of the world had been hacking um, Fucking hell. the phone of Millie Dowler. Yeah. So what we so did was... So you started we, spreading it to brands and stuff like that on yeah, Twitter? Yeah, what we did was the two of us worked out which advertisers had advertised in the previous News of the World. Yeah. And then we started tweeting those companies and asking if they were happy with um, funding that kind of thing. And then I'll tell you what it was that really got it snowballing, which I love. Do you remember I used to do the Diana in Heaven Twitter account? Oh, yeah. I tweeted it through the Diana in Heaven, which had about 50,000 followers at the time. It was way more than my own account. I had about 5,000 yeah. followers. Diana had 50. And that was what snowballed it. And then a few celebrities picked up on it, and one of them was um, Sue Perkins got right. behind it. And then a few others, and it just snowballed and snowballed. And then some guy came up with this automated Twitter program where you yeah. went on a website and you logged into your Twitter account, and you could just automatically tweet all of those companies that were advertising on the news of the oh. world. And it just absolutely sent a barrage of tweets to these companies. And eventually, one by one, they all folded and said, we're not going to advertise in this weekend's news of the world. And then a few days later, they shut the paper down. I remember where I was when I heard it had been shut down. I remember I was mm. I was working somewhere, and someone just came into the room and said, he shut it down. And mm. I went... Who shut what down? Who shut what down, cunt? <laughs> Tell me Make more. yourself clear or get out of the room. <laughs> they, <laughs> Murdoch's just shut the news of the world down. I said, you are fucking joking. That doesn't sound like him. Mind you, I have to say, Andy, I think he power played you. He's like, who's this Andy Dawson character? Well, yeah. Okay, fine. I'll see what he's done. Well done. But I'm going to I'm gonna shut down the news of the world. And then in six months... I'm going to reopen it, but call it the Sun on Sunday. Well, yeah, Your that, move, was the thing. that was the thing. That was always kind of the long-term plan bubbling away in the background because then it meant you could combine the Sun and the Sun on Sunday with the yeah. same stuff. So yeah. it wasn't, oh, right. yeah. it so wasn't just completely on the, It was the convenient for, for Murdoch to shut it down when he did. Yeah. But, um, it was a, but just getting back to that, that was 10 years ago, and I read someone the other day describe it as it wasn't representative of the public. It was a left-leaning um, bubble of opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it was because Twitter then didn't have this ferocious kind of 
right-wing opinion bubble mm. that it's got now. Everybody on Twitter back in 2011 was kind of like early adopters. Liberal. And they were kind of a little bit hipsterish. Liberal pioneers. Lib- yeah, exactly. So if that happened now, it wouldn't fucking happen, I don't think. It would be shouted down. And Apart be from a because huge he was doing Millie Downer. And, and one thing that unites all sides in this country is the kiddies. Get the kiddies out of it. Don't get yeah. involved with the kiddies. That was what did for them. You involved the kiddies. Yeah. And that will give the old country a collective blinder behind the eyes. Yeah. So that that was, um, yeah, ten years ago that was this weekend. Well, well done, mate. So that was my claim to fame. Would you do then. something like so, that again? I don't think I'd have the bottle. No, no. Wouldn't get and wouldn't dare touch anything like that now because there's just too much toxicity. Ten years ago, you shut down the news t- of the t- world. Fast forward nine years from then, I make a joke about pharmacists receive yeah. death threats. Exactly. Exactly. How far we came. How far we sunk into the mire in those mm. nine years. But get back to what I was going to say. The thing that I love about it all the most is pretty much the Princess Diana shut down the news of the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, she would have. That was great from beyond the grave. She always, It had probably always yeah. been her ambition. It was them who fucking hounded her to her death anyway. Revenge I hope revenge them. She avenged them from beyond the grave. Um, right. That's did about you see, it. We've got did you, just the, briefly, uh, we didn't talk about yeah. the Diana statue. Did you see the Diana statue with the two kids? I had kids? a brief look at it, yeah. It reminded me of the Victoria Woods statue in terms of artistic merit. How much do you reckon it costs to knock up a statue? Fuck, I've got no idea how much a statue Hello. costs. But... Stat- Andy Dawson Statues Limited. It's expensive, I would imagine. When my, daughter not... was about, when my daughter was about three, you used to be able to get these things, these Disney plaster cast things, and they cut. You get a little rubber mould, and you get yeah. the plaster of Paris. Oh, yeah. and it was like the little, and it was the Little Mermaid. Yeah. And you pour the plaster of Paris into the mould, leave it to set for three hours, take the, the mould off. There you've got a Little Mermaid, and she'd like half-heartedly paint, paint it. it. There you go. I the got your Ariel, the Little Mermaid. Um, Is that the one you wanted? Yeah. What? And, and, you wanted Belle from Beauty and the Beast? Oh <laughs> fucking hell! Well, and you do I, that. They didn't have and, Belle. And, and you, she painted badly because she was three, and that's what they do. Uh, but the figure of it looked like the Little Mermaid. How come they couldn't get one of them, for Princess Diana? Can't be that odd. Nah, they'd have fucking spent. Times are tough. They keep telling us there's no money to rebuild Hammersmith Bridge, and yet they found the money to make a fucking statue of Diana and the two lads. <laughs> And I wouldn't mind, but I looked at it and I thought, it's not a bad statue, but I tell you what would have improved it. Same thing that would improve any statue. Give it bigger tits. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you could easily do them with a rubber mould, couldn't you? Nice and curved. Yeah, what are they going to tell us? We couldn't afford the extra stone to make her tits bigger. Well, don't bother building it at all then, you cunts. <laughs> and then don't come to me and go, well, if you look at her tits, they were that size. I go, well, yeah, they might have been. But yeah. you're celebrating the woman here. Yes, yeah, this is an opportunity. Born. Give her the tits that nature didn't give her. Yeah, it's an opportunity she'd, to right that wrong. She'd appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, we've, uh, it's, yeah, it's been quite a multifaceted episode, this. We've mm. got to end with our predictions for the final on Sunday. Oh. Um, I'll just I'll just give you this. You got three points because you predicted Italy won Spain one after ninety minutes. Yes, mate. and no other points were scored at the semi-final stage. You're on twenty-four results spots on eighteen. I'm on fifteen. You've won, even ahead of the final. Feels you great. Cannot be caught. 
So not but yourself would out of your I swap prediction. it all for England winning the trophy in real life on Sunday? No, I wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. I wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. I wouldn't swap it. No, you're not stupid. This is more but, um, important. I mean, I've I'm got my prediction. Two, I'm going to say two one already. England. Two one to England. It's Italy versus England. Italy are regarded as the home team for whatever reason on the UEFA mm. website. So that's one two. Uh, results, but of course, things one nil to Italy. I think it's going to be one one. Ninety minutes. I've right. got no fucking idea what's going to happen. Results yeah, wise, sounds plausible actually. Now you say that, um, I realise it's more likely scenario, but, hey, but we'll you see. Know, they won it. They won it two one last last night. But after and, extra and time, two things that I loved was the composure towards the end. Yeah, when so it wasn't too after ninety minutes. It was extra time, wasn't it? Of course, the composure at the end when they were just stroking the ball around. The game management was, it was just great. It was just like the opposite of what you expect from an England team. Yeah. Yeah. You just expect them to panic, drop deep, and it'd be like mm. loads of goal line clearances right to the yeah. end. Not this lot. They were playing like they were Italy mm. or Spain or something. It was incredible. Clinical. And the most disappointing thing for me was um, the penalty and yeah. Raheem, the Raheem Sterling dive thing mm. in, in the sense that the disappointing thing was that loads of people complained about it. Yeah, for fuck's sake. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> the people complaining like, oh my yeah. God, I'm sorry, but I'm not applauding the dive. Are you fucking mad? Have you never watched football before? We didn't win by fair means. Well, I don't think those people have watched it before because if your team win like that, then you glorify it. That's how you? you fucking win. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I think, I saw an angle of it where he kind of got barged on his hips. Yeah, so I don't it got, think it was it, anyway, it got barred. It, it got barred. There was contact. I'm not saying he... Yeah. He might have gone down a, a bit easy, but yeah, the, it was VAR. Everyone, yeah, yeah. it was checked from all different angles. So, letter of the law, it was a fucking pen. So, yeah, was everyone shut yeah, up. totally. So, my prediction is 1-1. Yours is 2-1 to England. We will see. Um, and that's it from this episode. We'll be back. We might even do a post-match pod. We might do an emergency reaction live. From, from, I will like be live to, from the clips of Dover. Dover if we've won. You can, uh, you've potted from in the car before. You can rig a microphone up on your minibus as you're yeah. heading towards the White Cliffs of Dover. On the three lines, so, uh, Euro minibus. <laughs> yeah, so that might happen on Sunday evening. The so three lines, Euro Dover shuttle bus. That's what it's called. All right. That's what it is. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your weekend. And God save Sam the Queen. God bless you, your majesty. And your tits. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.